Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Sunday Short Shoot. Um, before we get started into all the craziness and the hoopla and the whatever you want to call it, the, all the sounds and the bells and whistles, um, I wanted to talk briefly about two people we lost over the week. Um, one is Gilberto Ricky Camacho, um, and he worked at the Speedrome, and the other one was Ashley Albertson. And I, I didn't really know either one very well. Um, I had met Ricky a couple times, and Ashley and I were only Facebook buddies. <clears throat> but I knew people who knew them. And I wanted to take a second to... Re I reached out to somebody who knew Ricky and somebody who knew Ashley, and I just... I want people to remember them the way their friends do. And the way the people that cared about them knew. Sometimes this world isn't really a fair place, and people who we love leave us too early. So, um, I called Shelly Bates, and I said, Hey, uh, tell me a little bit about Ricky. Tell me what made him so awesome. Here's that phone call. Hey, Shelly, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm okay. Hey, so uh, on Monday of last week, we lost uh, uh, Gilberto... Uh, Camacho or Ricky, as he's known around the track, um, can you can you kind of and you know when when I found out about his passing, you also had mentioned something else um, that you're doing in his honor. Can you talk about Ricky for a little bit and then and then tell us what you're doing uh, to to remember him? Yeah, how much time do you have? Oh you my know, gosh. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll tape. However long you wanna, it, it, it's all you. Okay, so um, Ricky came into my life through my boys. He went to school with my boys, and they just became great friends. Um, all of them work at the track for me. Uh, they're all like, you know, Ricky, Ricky's like a son to me. Um, always over at my house, you know, always playing jokes. Even at the track, he was always playing jokes with everybody. Um, just a great all-around young man. Um, he worked for me at the track, and most people saw him uh, helping clean the men's room with Madison. Madison did the women's room, and he did the men's bathroom. But he could never just do one job. So as soon as he knew the bathrooms were under control, he was checking every other stand. Do you need anything? Do you need some help? Do you need me to get you anything? What can I be doing? You know, um, like the kid never stopped. And I would have to tell him to stop. I was like, okay, stop. I just need you to focus on bathrooms. Just re relax. And he would get to where he was just flat. Breathing heavy, wore out. I was like, okay, it's time for you to stop. Well, for me, he would always remind me, hey, have you eaten today? Have you eaten today? <laughs> and so that was our little thing. And, and he had something with half the members of the concession stand. I mean, like my concessions crew, I have an amazing family. They make me look good every week. They really do because they know what they're supposed to do. They come in, they do their job, they have a good time. And I've told a lot of them over the years, is I want this to be a stepping stone for you. I want you to learn these leadership skills from me and then go on and do something big and better. I said, if you stay here at the track more than two or three years, it's because you're genuinely in love being here. And that's why my staff is what they are. I've got some that have been with me since 2015. Um, Ricky, same thing. Once he started, you know, that's his home. That was literally his second home because he had stuff going on. Um, outside of the track that was, you know, stressful on him and he was getting ready to lose his grandma and he takes so much pride in 
his family and his friends and his country. And I know that was a very difficult time for him. We uh, honestly don't know and we'll probably never know why, you know, this happened. But, um, yeah, a piece of the track died that day with him. Um, I mean, and I, I'm just literally heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, but what we did, so what we did is I had a project in mind several months, actually probably close to the beginning of the season in mind, of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do a 501c3 uh, nonprofit, and I call it DIY. It's developing Indiana's youth, and it's geared That's around. That's great. These young men That's women. really cool. Yeah, it's geared around these young men and women that are graduating high school, and like my boy, what do you want to do when you get out of school? I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do when you get out of school? I don't know. Yeah. And to the opposite of that, Ricky was one of those jack of all trades. You know, master of none. If he didn't know how to do it, he'd figure it out. And he was always helping everybody. Yeah. He, you know, I was so odd job at him. He helped level the backyard at my house. Um, he's done tree work for my friend, Nikki. He helped my husband. He's like, hey, Ricky, can you weld? He's like, yeah, I can weld. You know, and they <laughs> go and do this little project. And he's always doing some little side work and helping people out. And I bet there at the track alone, he probably helped 30 people on their vehicles over the years you know yeah our son ethan was one of them he broke down on the way home and ricky was the first one there helping him try to figure out what was going on with wow. him so yeah the track's just never going to be the same yeah uh, but i started i started the organization i started the process for this organization diy uh, to try to help these kids become confident in themselves first and foremost but also teach them trades so that they can learn and maybe find something they can make a career out of. Um, the other thing, too, is the youth nowadays are staying at home a lot longer. Our stepdaughter is 23, and she still lives at home. Kids are living with their parents into their mid-20s and sometimes even into their 30s because they don't have the mindset of how to become financially independent on their own. Uh, so the project that I'm doing is giving them – I've got – I've got an electrician, I've got a carpenter, I've got a mason, I've got an insulator, I've got somebody that does wells, you know, drills wells for a living, that are all willing to come and teach these children as they build their own mini barn. And it's a mini barn from the bottom up, they get to build it, but they have to put in the sweat equity. And they pay $50 a month, and that's showing that they can make a payment, a steady payment every month. That's also going to help them build up their credit history. And once they get their credit built up, they can get their own piece of property. They can either take their mini barn with them and live in that, or they can build their own place and they have an Airbnb that they can rent out. Now they've got residual income and they can invest it, you know? Yeah. Just trying to give them skills. Wow. So anyway, when uh, this all happened, it, I like, and, and some people are religious, some people are not. Everybody grieves in their own way. Right that I have learned over the years to look for the signs because I have seen so many signs of people letting me know after that they're okay. And immediately I have this purpose, like I need to start a scholarship fund. And I wanted to start a scholarship fund in his memory. And it, it's a trade-based scholarship that goes along with the DIY 
501c3 that I'm doing. And so I, I'm starting out with a $1,000 scholarship. This weekend, we raised $1,638. Wow. Because everybody donated their tips, and people just donated their money into a bucket there at the gate and that sort of thing. Wow. So that was a beautiful thing in his memory. That's but really anyway, cool. So, yeah. I, um, I just, I want, I had this purpose that I needed to do that and help finance these kids into trades if they want to choose to do something. But also, I'm still going to continue with this 501c3 and get it going for some of these kids that really need some guidance that they're not getting. Good. And, you know, like we talked the other day, or even earlier, that people just don't give a shit anymore. They don't. Yeah, I know. They don't. They don't care. They don't care. So... Um, so where, where can we send, if, if we want to donate to the scholarship fund, where can we send it? Well, so, and, and there's several things going on. Okay. Uh, he's got several sisters and he was actually helping take care of his sisters and support, you know, the family financially and that sure, sort of thing. Sure, sure. Comfort Church is taking donations to help the family themselves. What's the, and I'm then, sorry, what's uh, the, what's the church? Mount Comfort Church okay. on, on the Mount Comfort in 300 North there. Got right it. Right on the corner. Okay. Uh, they're taking donations. I uh, We we were discussing setting up a GoFundMe, but there's so many fees and stuff involved with that. Yeah. And um, I actually have a cash app, and it's kind of funny because, you know, you have to set it up, and you have to come up with uh, a cash tag is what they call it. Right. Mine is hashtag this year sucks. And Got it. Um, and I, I set it up just for people if they wanted to put money into the scholarship fund. Yeah. Um, I am an open book, and I prom- I'm going to promote this and celebrate this as this happens. So, okay. Like I said, we raised $1,638 last night. Wow. Alone, which is amazing. Holy shit. Yeah. That is great. Um, the other thing, too, is I'm, I'm going to be looking for foundation sponsors as well okay. for this project to help me get the mini barns and you know i've got people that are going to volunteer their time to teach these trades sure but you know obviously there's going to be some expenses in there and you know i anything that will help is all going to go into his memory because my kids are even you know determined now to see this to fruition to help other kids Right. Because they knew what I was trying to do for them. And they see how much I'm hurting in the fact that I couldn't help him. I think it's really cool what Shelly is doing for uh, to honor Ricky. I think it's really cool. On Friday, we lost Ashley Elbertson. And like I said, I didn't know her. Um, but it's clear to me that there are a lot of people who knew her. And she left a really positive impact on the racing community. So I decided to reach out to a friend of hers and uh, get the get the scoop on how cool she was as a human. Hey, Jack. How's it going, bud? Good. How about you? I'm doing okay, man. I, I know this weekend we lost Ashley Albertson. I know that you guys were kind of close. Um, do you have a few minutes to talk about her? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, she was just a, she was a great soul. She's one of those people that if you were in the same room as her, you didn't have to know her to know that she was the life of the party and on the racetrack it was the same way you know she was a fierce competitor i mean she was a damn good race car driver and she gave all those boys in that series 
um, of the TQ midgets and uh, the Mel Kenyon midgets, even back when she ran quarter midgets. She gave them all those boys a run for the money. She was a hard worker. She cared very, very much about her career. She was in the uh, insulator union. She worked very hard for that, and she was climbing the ranks and moving up the chain very quickly. And, and she was just great at everything. She was a great friend. She was an even better daughter and even better fiance. Me and my fiance, Kelsey, she was basically our person ever since sophomore year of high school. Yeah, we had our little lover squirrels and things like that, like friends tend to do. But Ashley was definitely both of our number one supporters through thick and thin. She's going to be missed by many, especially us. Yeah, man. You know, she seemed like a really great human being. And uh, like I said, I I didn't know her, um, but it's clear to me that she left a hell of an impact on our local racing community. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm so honored to be able to speak on her behalf. Um, You know, we were both very tight in each other's racing careers. Um, It's not very often that you find someone that's so caring and compassionate and everything that also can share the same side of, you know, that adrenaline rush as you can. And she meant so much to so many people, including, you know, my family. She just, uh, she was one of those people that no matter what, right or wrong, she was going to be on your side. If if she had your back, she was going to have your back no matter what. And, you know, (laughs) if uh, if you were, you know, wrong and she knew it, she was going to tell you about it, you know, behind closed doors. (laughs) Um, or just like, you know, like a, a subtle, Hey, you know, I got your back, but that's not right. (laughs) Like you screwed (laughs) Um, up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just, that's the racer in her. And, um, you know, we helped each other so much throughout our careers that it was just, it was just crazy, you know, and she would come to me for advice. I would go to her for advice. You know, when we shared the same racetrack, like at Circle City and places like that, She'd come up to me and she'd be like, hey, bub, what's the track feeling like? Like, well, you know, you, you got to watch the dip getting into one or, uh, you know, it's starting to get a little bit washboarded up. Just things like that. And not just me and her were a team. Me and my group of friends or our group of friends were a team. You know, if, if we weren't racing on the weekends, we were we were all together doing something. It's uh I know it's not just us that's hurting. It's the entire racing community is hurting. My family, my cousin, my fiance, all of our all of our friends, definitely Ashley's family. You know, there there is a, a bright side to it, and it's that she was such a great and touching, loving girl that so many people are affected by something like this. As tragic as it may be, she is bringing us all together still. She's going to continue that. That's just her legacy. It was shortly after I got the news uh, of the accident. Um, we were all just sitting around and, you know, cause everybody came over. We all just kind of met at home base at the race shop and so sad and just trying to pick the pieces up and form something. And I came up with uh, a hashtag to kind of help, you know, make her legacy live on. And uh, it's hashtag, because her her number the past couple seasons was number four when she drove for Tony Stewart for Ash. All of us agreed that, you know, right then and there, that everything that we do from that point forward was for Ashley. 
and we're uh you know we're on the um the verge of you know some groundbreaking things and some very big things um that we're trying to come up with in her name and stay tuned on my facebook or uh you know and i'll, I'll let you know as well um I'll try and keep everybody informed as much as I can, you know, her racing page or her family's page. I just, I don't, I don't want to release the details of what we're working on yet because, sure. you know, it's just so soon. Everybody just needs time to mourn. Ashley was a great person. I just, I, I keep, I keep saying it, but we're, we're all going to miss her so much. Thanks for coming on and talking a little bit about her, man. That's, she seemed like a really cool person, dude. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Like, Honestly, it, I'm I am so honored to be able to speak on her behalf. I know she's smiling down on all of us. I just want to thank Jack Dossie the Third and Shelly Bates for coming on and uh, talking about their people and 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 how much they love them. Um, life is too short, and we're not granted tomorrow. And I can't think of any other cliched BS sayings to say, but both people will be missed dearly. All of the links, like um, the the Cash App name for Shelly is in is is in the bio, and I'll add something, and um, we'll hashtag it. I don't know what to say. I never know what to say. I've never been good at stuff like this. Um, but like I said, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So make sure that you remind the ones that you love that you love them. Let's dive in. Let's have a little fun, shall we? Today's show is brought to you by Jim's Outlaws, Northwest Figure 8, Polk Brothers Racing, Loyalty Racing, and a Rule 1 Shot brought to you by Moondrops Distillery. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is time for the Sunday Short Shoot only here on the crossover with Josh and Mikey. What a hell of an evening last night. Last night was the late model triple threat event, which means we got 35 laps of oval, 35 laps of figure eight, and 35 laps of reverse direction figure eight. And I've got all your results here. Today's show is brought to you by Jim's Outlaws, Northwest Figure Eight, Polk Brothers Racing, Loyalty Racing. And a row one shot brought to you by Moondrops Distillery. Last night we had the Reef Aquarium Adult Fast Carts, the Shelbyville Auto Parts Street Stocks, the Infinity Custom Flooring Legends, the Jiffy Lube Mini Late Models, and the Browns Oil Service Late Models, or also known as the Outlaws. We better dive right into it. Welcome, welcome for the Reef Aquarium Adult Fast Carts. 25 lap oval feature. Your winners are... Jared Gerke, David Gerke, Dylan Reidner, Johnny Hargraves Jr., and Keaton Deckard. For your Infinity Custom Flooring Legends, your 25-lap oval feature, Max Olmstead II. Max, congratulations on your very first Legends feature win. You're the man. Xavier King, Stevie Frost, Garrett Fox, and Corey Adams. For your Shelbyville Auto Parts Street Stocks, the 25-lap oval feature, uh, Billy Bartholomew Sr., a.k.a. Big Billy Bart, won his very first street stock race of this season. The man is on fire. What a legend 
in his own right. Jordan Gonder, Casey Victory, Kevin Smith, and Ricky Schaefer the third to round out your top five. For your Jiffy Lube Mini Late Models, we had a 25-lap oval and a 20-lap figure eight. For your 25-lap oval feature, it was Steve Vickers, Victor Rybolt, Kevin Brooks, Nathan Arthur, and Brad Brooks. For your 20-lap figure eight, it was Steve Vickers, Kevin Brooks, Johnny Greer, Xavier King, and Nathan Arthur. Finally, we come down to the big event of the evening. Now, they did disperse these throughout the entire evening. We had three. We had a 35-lap oval, a 35-lap figure eight, and a 35-lap reverse direction figure eight. For your oval feature, your winners are, and that's the Browns Oil Service Late Models, in case I didn't say that, the Outlaws. For your oval feature, John Connor Jr. John, my man. Not so bad for a man coming out of retirement. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Zach Larson, all the way from Washington. Charlie Hargraves, Doug Gregg, and Troy Hughes Jr. For your regular direction figure eight, it's Jesse Tunney, Ben Tunney, John Connor Jr. John, top five, bud. Chad Sizemore and Corey Harmon. For your reverse direction figure eight, Charlie Hargraves with his first win of the season. Great work, sir. Dylan Douthit, Ben Tunney, Tim Logue making top five. Hell yeah. And Jesse Tunney. Shifting our focus out to the West and our friends at Northwest Figure 8, James, our buddy James Conley, took four Stinger drivers out to Elma, Washington to race the dirt track at Grays Harbor Raceway. So, the racing results for those four drivers for your buzz-in Stingers 15-lap Figure 8. The dirt results are Peyton Hopp, Randy Moffat, Ken Spear, and Zachary Bristol. Hell yes. Hell yes. We've had a rough week. We've lost some really, really cool people. Um, and if you'd like to donate to Shelly's cause to create this 501c3, I've included the uh, Cash App link in the bio, and I'll also throw it in the little description. Um, and, you know, it's really cool to see a racing culture family come together, you know, despite despite how we feel about each other sometimes. So that's enough touchy-feely stuff. Let's look ahead to next week at the Indianapolis Speedrome. Next week at the Indianapolis Speedrome, it's the Circle City Pyrotechnics Junior Fast Cards, Hearts Auto Center Factory Front Wheel Drives, the BASA Security Fords, and the Browns Oil Service Late Models with their one-hour figure eight. Gates open at 4.30, qualifying for the figure eight starts at 6.15, First flag drops at 7 and $25. Make me holla, and $25 is going to get you in. Hey, next week is the final late model race before the three-hour. Do you have your tickets for the three-hour? You might as well go get them. Make sure to give the office at the Speedrome a call and see what they've got left. Their phone number, 317-353-8206, or you can snag those tickets on the Ticket Haas app. My name is Josh. This has been the Crossover. Today's show is brought to you by Jim's Outlaws, Northwest Figure 8, Polk Brothers Racing, Loyalty Racing, and our Rule One Shot brought to you by Moondrops Distillery. Our show would not be possible without you, the listener, and our amazing sponsors. Thank you so much for believing in what we do and standing up for us. We love you so much. As I said here, for the crossover, my name is Josh. Be good or be good at it.